is up, everyone? Welcome back to the In the Round podcast, second episode of 2020. How you doing, Tyler? Doing well. How you doing? Doing great. We got one of our good buddies with us, a guy that... He's got an awesome mustache for one. Number two, yeah. he's just yeah, that he's just a, happened today, but yeah, hey, it did it did just happen today. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. I feel great. And uh, it's our good buddy, Mr. Jordan Fletcher. Jordan, how the hell are you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm doing well. Thank you, dude. It's great to have you in here, and uh, we've gotten to spend some time out the road with you and hang out with you and your crew. And uh, you're, you guys got a good vibe going on there out on the road. Yeah, man, uh, that's kind of a. It's one of the main things I think you find going on the road so much. You got to have people that you can spend that much time with. Yeah, because as yeah, you guys know, sure. it can get it can get kind of tight. Eight, yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. You, you do yeah. spend a lot of time together and stuff. And what I found really cool, so I didn't know this until I started working with Gary and Charlie with Muscadine, that you used to do their merch. I had no idea until like when I first started doing it. Yeah, yeah. So what was that like moving to town and doing the merch thing and doing the writing thing and wanting and playing? You were playing instruments and stuff till you were going you were doing all kinds of shit yeah yeah to. no i was quite busy which was a blessing in general because i think one of the hardest things like for anybody moving to town is just figuring a place to kind of plug in um, but i was blessed enough uh, originally my first job um i got on the road drumming for job fortner oh no shit that's yeah, yeah, awesome yeah. so i did that for about six months and uh, that was rough, dude. That was. Yeah. That, Who else was in that band? That was Ryan. Ryan yeah, Ryan Nelson, Chris Goodzak, me, and Joe. Oh, jeez, that's a crew. Right oh, dude, there. Joe had just gotten off the road, road with Luke, and and like he was like, man, I got to go full band. I I, I want to start touring, you know. And we were like, well, we, I mean, we play instruments, so why not? And dude, we were in the back of this Ford Explorer, just like. Hoofing it, dude. Oh, dude, it was tough, man. Renting U-Hauls every week, dude. It was tough, and yeah. and so I got off the road with him and. Uh, I met Matt Wallace, who was managing me yep. or managing Muscadine at the time, and ended up managing me for a while. And, um, they got me plugged in with with Muscadine. I was like, "Yo, I'm I'm trying to do an artist, be, have an artist career, not just you know drum or whatever." Um, and they were like, "Well, you know how to drive a Sprinter van and sell T-shirts." And I mean, I'd never done either one of those things, but I've driven cars before in trucks. Yeah. So, I mean, I was like, yeah, why not? Of course, <laughs> you know? And that was kind of the story of my whole career so far. People like being like, hey man, you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, never have done it. Ne- never having done it before. You can't the whole, uh, fake it till you make it thing. Dude, it's fake- the truest thing you could ever, ha- like the stories are so true. Like the first show I ever played with Muscadine. They were like, hey, you want to play? It was that Hattie's, it was in Hattiesburg. So oh. Gary. <laughs> Brewski's. Right. It was a Brewski. So Gary, that was where Gary went to school. There's 800 people there. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Sell out. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, yeah, you want to play a 45 minute set, open and set? I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> Mind you, I've never played a set before. I've only drummed, like, I've only played songs, like, to, in front of some people, done some writers' rounds. I've never done 45 minutes worth of any playing before, right? And so they're like, hey, yeah, you want to do something again? No big deal, <laughs> for sure. And so I, uh, I remember I'm walking. There's like a, that, that ramp going up behind the stage at yeah. Brewski's, right? And I come around the corner and Bradley Jordan, just like proud father. He's standing there. He's like, hey, man, you ready to go on? I'm like, yeah, as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> and he's like, all right, go out there. I go do it. And, you know, they were stoked. The crowd was stoked anyway. Easy crowd to play to. They're awesome fans, you know. And so it was all good. You know, I got off stage. Bradley's like, oh, great job. Everybody's, you know, whatever. And the next day, I'm sitting there and I'm like, we all met Gary and Charlie's parents for food because it was down in their neck of the woods. And I remember Gary's mom goes, so Jordan, how'd you meet the guys and blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of talking about that. She goes, um, so how long have you been doing this? I was actually, last night was my first time ever playing. And Bradley <laughs> yeah. was sitting right next to me and he was about to put some food in his mouth. He stops. And he's like, are you kidding me? 
<laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, I would have never let you do that if I had known that. <laughs> and I was like, I know. That's why I'm not letting anybody know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, fake it till you make it. Yeah. If there's any, any, anything. Well, that's you know? how I got into sound. Like <laughs> our professor. So I wanted, so our, there was two scholarships for sound for like upper class people. And I was going into my junior year at Cerveca. And there was a guy that was really known on campus for live sound, and I was working a lot in the studio. So I wanted the studio one, and he wanted the live sound. Well, he ends up getting the studio, and my professor pulls me in his office and is like, hey, so have you ever done live sound? Now, I've done live sound at my church on a mixer that was built in the 80s. Sure. But he's <laughs> like, so we're going to like give the scholarship to you. Can you do it? And I was just like... Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I can do it. Smile away, boys. Yeah. And so he like he gives me the scholarship, and that whole summer I'm kind of like freaking out, like, oh, oh so funny, this is gonna dude. be fun. Right. And so like I'm literally like just reading everything. But yeah, that's how I learned to well, do pass, it. Pass fail. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. like that thing. Like everybody knows those people that were like naturally talented at one thing or another, whether it's sports or an instrument or something, and they get all that validation early on, and they never get better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I know plenty of kids that were like, oh, natural this, that, and the other. And then they just never worked on it because everywhere they went, everybody's like, oh, he's great. And they're just known as that great dude or girl or whatever that was whatever. And they never had to push. So I think there's something to be in that, like, in that sink or swim moment and you don't yeah. know how to swim. And it's like, well, we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, At least yeah. I had some time to, you know, figure it out. But yeah. <clears throat> well, it's just kind of, I think it's kind of cool. And I think that's one of the coolest parts about being in this industry is because it's like, you, you don't know how, like, because every kind of experience is, is a new one. You know, every person you meet, you don't know how to do it. There's no like set rule of how to deal with your relationships and how to further your career, you know? So it's like all of it's new, which is cool. No matter how long you've been doing it, you know, the only thing that changes is you have a reputation and people act different around you. It's not a matter of how you can react, you know, act to people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how long ago was that show, Brewskies? Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, March of 17. Okay, so nice. so over so a little over two years ago. Now you fast forward and you're pl- you're opening almost three years now. Almost three years, and you're yeah. opening full band for for guys like Muscadine for going going out there with guys even like Ray Fulcher, just other dudes where you're yeah. doing and you're and Bradley's booking you where you're we are headlining sure. shows with Peachtree now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think back to that moment at Brewski's. Now you're out doing the damn <laughs> thing, putting out music, doing the full, doing the artist thing, dude. It's dude, awesome. The, the coolest thing about that is like I think it's with like with anything you you get more comfortable with because it's like getting good at something. I think the better way of saying that is just getting comfortable with it because good is subjective, right? Yeah. And it's like, I feel like I'm getting comfortable with these things to where it's fun now. Yeah. Now I have my, you know, level of quality that I want to meet and that that is what it is. And some people like it or they don't or whatever. And hopefully they all like it. But um, yeah, for me, it's like, I'm now at a point to where it's fun. You know what I mean? Because when I first started playing, you're scared. You don't, it's not fun. Yeah. At least for me, it wasn't fun because I wasn't good at it, you know, yeah. or I wasn't comfortable with it, you know, but that's the coolest part. The fact that people have over, over the years just invested in me with no other, you know, payoff, but yeah, we think this dude's got whatever. So that's been the coolest thing to me to see all the people that kind of put hands on the projects and, and kind of made it to what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's badass. And you're from Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. there's a whole herd of you guys from Florida yeah. that are up here and, and have been part Florida of Florida man. The Florida man. Our, like, our buddy, <laughs> like our buddy Lee Langston, like our buddies Ryan Nelson, <clears throat> Chad Bishop, yeah. Dobro Chris. There's so many of you guys that are, yeah. that are up here doing it. When did you move to town and how was that process for you? 
So I was in college at, the, at UNF, University of North Florida, and I was there uh, five years, and I was a year away from getting my four-year degree. So it was, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> what was that degree in? Uh, ended up being business, but it, that didn't even happen. Okay. I just dropped out. Um, and, and what that was is, as, so Ryan Nelson got me into writing songs. I used to just, we used to all go party at his house when we were in college or whatever. Sounds about right. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of rang true for a while there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and we'd all go hang out and, and he kind of encouraged me. I remember I, I was playing guitar and I'd, I'd been picking it. Mainly I was a drummer, but like I'd been picking the guitar and singing some, I think I was playing like a slightly stupid song or something. And he goes, dude, you, you should try like for real singing and, and writing music. And I remember just kind of sitting there with him and his brother Colin and being like, yo, y'all show me how to write songs. And so that was like the beginning of it. And then it was like more and more talk of, hey man, cause Ryan had already moved up to Nashville, him and, him and Chris Kozak. And, and they, they were living together and it was just like, yo, this is what we're doing. And for some reason I felt called. It was like, hey man, you gotta go to Nashville. I don't know what it was. Cause I, when I first, the first time I ever came to Nashville, I, I didn't like it. You know what I mean? It was cold. 19 degrees. I'd never experienced that kind of cold in my life. <laughs> That's probably uh, five degrees, you know, colder than you ever experienced in Florida, ever. Oh, colder than that. Yeah, yeah. I left that morning at like five in the morning. It was 72 degrees Dude, at five in the morning on, in, in Florida. And yep. then nine and a half hours later, I get out at a Love's, and it was 19 degrees, <laughs> and I thought I was going to collapse, dude. I'd never been that cold in my life. <laughs> and I just remember, like, that whole thing, the whole experience, me being like, man, this isn't for me, dude. I don't know, like, what I'm doing here. It's like, the city's just so much. It was just too much. I'd never yeah. experienced anything like that. And I remember talking to my mom and being like, yeah, no, I'm never, I'm never coming back here. And mom was like, okay, whatever. And then it just hooked me out of nowhere. And now I love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's given me a life. It's given me a career. It's given me relationships. It's given me everything really that I have. And it's like the coolest kind of thing yeah. to be able to be here, especially with people that I grew up with, you know? Yeah. That's gotta be really cool to, to grow up with guys like Ryan and come up here and do it. And you guys all playing whiskey jam together and you guys all doing things in, yeah. in Midtown and kind of coming up together in that way and playing Playing in a band together, going on the road with Job, that had to be a lot of fun too. Like, yeah, it was fun. It yeah. was something too. Well, it, yeah, no, I'm sure there's a lot of stories and stuff, but that go along with that. But for you coming up here, what was that? What was that first wild night in Nashville like? Where you're out in the moment, where you end up at Red Door at three in the morning, then end up at a diner or a Waffle House or even cookout or something. Man, like that. I don't even remember, dude. We used to just. Because it was so expensive going out, man. Oh, true. Well, yeah. What we'd do is if somebody, like if we were playing somewhere, hopefully we had a free tab or something. But, I mean, you still got to get home, so you don't really lose your mind. Yeah. You go home and then lose your mind, you know what I mean? And that's usually what we did. We had big bonfires and did that whole thing, like we'd always done. But that didn't last very long for me. I quit drinking six months into being here. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm coming up on three years sober hey, at Christmas. Congratulations. I'm three and a half years. I for quit. Real? Yeah, I quit, in, um, I quit right around Memorial Day. Um, I, um, back in 2016, so. For real, man. Yeah. Hey, dude, congrats. Yeah, I had, to, I had to quit. So, dude, it, you save, it's, it's interesting being in this town being sober, isn't it? It's like. Well, now different... it's normal. Now yeah. I don't really remember the other side of it. But, yeah. um, yeah, it was weird. I remember, like, I just quit, and then, like, I played one of the first whiskey jams of the year. Like, I quit on yeah. Christmas in Florida, and then I came back. And then I remember, like, being like, I've never not been buzzed and saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or not been drunk and saying or whatever, <clears throat> because I was like just living that pretty hard. You know what I mean? And yeah. then I played whiskey jam and I got that one done and I was like, well, I wasn't bad. That's actually pretty good. You know? And I think that a lot of that is like, it's just like your own nerves. If you feel like you have to do that. Cause I mean, physically 
it'll dry you out. I mean, alcohol is not good for you as a singer. No, not at all. So it's like, honestly, you should probably sing better if you don't have any of that in you. Yeah. And so I just kind of got more comfortable that way. But yeah, it's just kind of weird, I guess. I guess. I save a lot of money being good. I go out all the time with my friends. And sure. early on, I was working on Broadway. So we were going out downtown and drinks can be very expensive downtown. So I, oh, was, the, I was the guy that wasn't drinking. So I wasn't spending any money. I mean, buy a girl a drink every now and then. But like you save a Don't lot of money in this town. He buys 18 Red Bulls every time he I'm goes out. I'm drinking Red Bulls, though. That's my problem. I'm a caffeine. I switch from booze to caffeine and I'm pounding bang energy. Yeah, 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 yeah he'll yeah. have like three or four bangs during the time that we're at a show. Yikes. I've had big yikes. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that's a salty. Um, no, yeah, I've, I've been trying to cut back on those, but like, but yeah, and the bangs are. I mean, crazy. the bangs are great. Yeah. I just think there is definitely a limit to the amount you should drink it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, no, I think yeah. like. Oh yeah, no. Four, my limit's usually two a day. Four, yeah. four, <laughs> four, in a, four in a, and four between load in and load out is a lot. So I haven't done that in a minute, but there Good was for a you, time man. Just backing up, backing off of it. Yeah. yeah. Plus, Baby it's, step. plus it's brand placement. You're working merch at a muscadine table now and they Heck see yeah. a bang. They're immediately like, oh, are you selling bangs? And I've been telling them like, I could probably make, we could probably make some coins selling bangs. Yeah, no, I table. totally, I'm totally down. I think bangs a great, you know, company. I think it's a great brand. See, I was a Red Bull guy for years. For real? Like, yeah, so I like really have like issues concentration, especially in high school. Yeah. So like my second class of the day was math, and like I would just pound like a twenty ounce Red Bull before school. <laughs> yeah. Get through math, and then I think the next was like science or English, and get through that class, and then I'd be good for the day. Yeah. And so like I would just do that, and that's how I pretty much passed high school was Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that's a, a big thing. I'm down to just like a pot of coffee. Through a day. You're a big coffee guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, coffee. now I am. Day. Yeah, now I am, though. Yeah. Like, I used to would jump on some, some you know, heavy energy drinks or whatever. I do drink an energy drink before I go on stage, though. Okay, yeah. It, it helps me go from, because for me, when I get anxious, I get tired. I'm kind of, some people I think are like that. But when I get super nervous, I get really tired, like oddly tired. Like, I could definitely go to sleep tired. Damn. Wow. So I have to kind of get kickstarted because once I play that first song or hit that first chord, I get a little shot of adrenaline and I'm, I'm ready to roll. Yeah. You know, next 90 minutes is fine. But like getting on stage, like I, I kind of got to get a little something. So I'll, I'll drink a, an energy drink before I go on stage. Yeah. And now talking about the live show real quick, we'll get into talking about the song and all that. So for the live show, you, you do a good job up there. You and the boys rock it. And it's a nice mix of, of your original stuff. You throw a couple of those covers in there. Like, yeah, I, know yeah. you, I see the, the, uh, the, the, um, tribute to John party in there. You throw yeah. some John party in there and you get the crowd really going and moving and you're flying around there with the guitar for you. What, what's the important part of the live show? Like where, what are you trying to bring out? And well, man, I just like, I remember one time, like I said, I used to be like really get, I'd get tired and nervous on stage. And I remember when I was first starting to play, I was kind of boring on stage. And I remember Sam Crabtree, like I used to sell merch and he used to TM for Muscadine and, and Sam like was, I was like, man, how did I sound? How did I sound? He's like, man, you sounded fine. You sounded good. Like hit the notes. It's not a big deal. He's like, but you looked like you hated it. I was like, man, I was just focusing on singing. He was like, man, or I said, man, I'm tired. He goes, everybody's tired. Everybody worked today. Everybody spent money on this. Everybody He's like, you just got to figure out if this is what you want to do, if you want to entertain people or not. And it hit me. I was like, daggum, dude. So that's kind of what it was. From then on, I was like, man, people really do come out here. And I just, it was me being insecure. Yeah. And it was, but it was taken away from people's experience because they want to enjoy it. You know what I mean? And then once I realized that I was like, these people are having fun and they're enjoying this. And this is like 
what they chose to do on a Friday or Saturday night. You can do anything, but yeah. you, you came to see us. And so that's important to me, to be able to, to make people feel something, you know? Like, I feel like it, music is either supposed to, you know, create an emotion or appease one. And if it's not doing that, then don't, don't mess with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of a waste of time. And so I think that comes also with the performance. The live performance needs to do the same thing, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, for real. Yeah, for, yeah, absolutely. And now for, for you putting out music, like there's been, the 2019 was a pretty good year for you putting out some stuff, huh? Well, I put out a few songs. I didn't put out as much as I wanted, but um, we got some people on the team uh, that just, it's, it's, I'm super excited for the, for the release schedule of next year. Okay. Because like we were going to just go heavy and just continue releasing throughout the back half of the year. But it was like, Hey, um, all my folks at Seagale and, and uh, Jonathan Singleton jumped on this project. He's producing it. Oh, dude. And he was like, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, I'm so pumped. Dude. And Holy he was, shit. and so it was just kind of like, Hey, let's just take a second and make sure this is right and get a full batch of songs. that's right to where you're not, you know, taking whatever money you got and putting it into a single and then, okay, push that. And by the time you're done with it, okay, now two months have passed, three months have passed, let's put another one out. And then you're however long behind yeah, because you haven't even started the next one. And so I kept doing that and I was in that bad habit of taking too long, you know? And so it was just like, hey, take this back half of the year and get your show ready, get your team ready and get your product ready and get ready to, to do this thing instead of always playing catch up, be a year ahead. Yeah. And that was kind of the whole idea. So now we've got a year's worth of songs. Nice. I mean, unless, you know, whoever, if a label gets on and wants to change the plan, that's great. Obviously, I'm totally into that. But as it is, we're a year planned out. We're, we're ready a year ahead of time. And that just makes it so much easier to go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Because then everybody else enjoys it. You know? Yeah. And it's le less to worry about, like, in the moment. You got it all planned out. You just, you can, you can just go with it. Now, you said Jonathan Singleton. What's it like working with him? Because you're, you're, you're a songwriting guy, like, and that's one of the, one of the big guys. And he's got his hands in a lot of stuff here in town. And he's just such a, such a good dude and a guy that a lot of writers look up to. What's it like to say he's working on your project and he's on, he's in your camp? He's got your back. I would say Jonathan Singleton is the coolest guy. I've ever met <laughs> hands down. Uh, it, I, I don't know, man. It was cause it, it that, that was kind of weird for me. Cause you know, when you want to, when you work with somebody like you're on a personal basis and you don't want to be like a fit, like, like germing somebody or like a fan, but yeah. like I'm a, I'm a fan, dude. Oh dude. Yeah. So when he was like, yeah, let's do this project. I was like, all right, well, okay. Now this is normal. And now we're going to be working on this level. And then to be able to see behind the curtain of, Hey, this is like, somebody I'm super stoked to listen to as a consumer, this guy's professional, like as, as a professional working on my project to watch somebody like that work was just astounding. Cause he's such like a normal guy. Oh yeah. And so it's like, it's like watching a magic trick, you know, like you see it happening, but you don't know what's happening. <laughs> and like, that's what it's like. I remember I was sitting in there, like as he was mixing something and like, he did like one thing and I just literally stopped him. I was like, bro, what, what did you just do? Well, he's like, well, I just did this. I was like, but what was that? Like, why do I like this that much more now? Because you just did one thing. Like, what did you just do, dude? And so it's just a lot of those moments to where I go, yeah. Like, there are people that are that good. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just cool because it lets you know, like, that can happen. To be that talented at what you do. And so I'm just honestly just humbled to be a part of that team. Um, and just to be, like, looking forward to this product that much. Like, I'm so excited for the music I'm about to put out. Yeah, dude, that that's 
That's freaking awesome. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, no, and and you being a writer now, who are some of your your big co-writers in town? Who are some of the people that you're really getting Dude. in the rooms with and you're, you're really vibing with and people that might be might have some cuts on these projects? Oh, dude, I love, well, first of all, my family over at Seagale is unreal. Brent Anderson, I will write with Brent. Brent Anderson is one of the best writers I've ever met, hands down. I'll write with him any day of the week, any, any, any time, ever. Yeah. Like, truly one of the best writers I've ever met. Uh we got Smith, Anquist. I mean, like I, I just wrote with Jeb Gibson the other day, and we got a killer song, man. Nice. And, and that's after Thanksgiving, so that's saying something. You yeah. Know, most people don't like right after that. No. Uh, man, I, I like Jake and everybody over there. Man, I've really enjoyed getting to write with the people over it. it just at my own publishing, but like uh, at Fifty Egg, we got a few. You know, we got Nick's, we got uh, Jason, uh, uh, Reed Isbell, and I wrote Me On, and so me and him, we keep jumping on it and getting some good songs, but uh, yeah, man, there's so many great writers in this town. Dan Isbell. If I started listening, I would definitely forget people because we write a lot, but yeah, dude, I get, I get to write with some really great, great writers and it makes me better because it's kind of cool to be the least talented person in a room in a lot of ways. Um, and I've kind of always prided myself in, in being that because you can learn so much. Yeah. You just and, soak it up yeah. like a sponge, dude. Yeah, in one way or another, being the least talented, you know? I think that's, like, a goal. It's always been a goal of mine. And I have, um, like, without fail, in one way or another, been the least talented person in a room. And it just has made me better because I walk out of there and I'm like, well, man, I... It's a whole like, iron sharpens iron thing. Yeah, for sure, man. we got these people that have been doing this for years and they've got just the credentials to prove it and they're just incredible writers, you know? They can say something that needs to be said the best way possible. Yeah. And that's what we're just trying to do, you know? Because, yeah. I mean, everybody relates. Like, you make something that everybody can relate to. And that's, that's why this thing works, you know? Because everybody can kind yeah. of dig into something and say, yeah, dude, I feel that. Yeah. And for, to get somebody just to do that is like, takes a lot of work, you know? No, and there's and for every right that goes great, I'm sure starting out there were a lot of rights where you're just writing with random people. You're trying to figure out people when you first move to town that you can vibe with. And there there's rights that don't go as well. Like I'm sure when Sure, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, but I think that it's all there's always something to learn from a right, man. There's always something to learn from a right. There's not like I I can't I, I can't re recall a time where I literally walked out of a right and said, Man, I'm never doing that again. I that was a waste of my time. You know what I mean? And maybe that's just because I've, I haven't been doing this long enough or whatever, but I just know that when I walk into some, like walk in and sit down with somebody and try to create something, you know, there's always something to pick up, you know? I yeah. feel like that's kind of been the case. And, I've all, and I'm always down to, to new rights, you know what I mean? Like just because I, for that same exact reason, you never know what you're gonna learn from somebody, you know? Yeah. Even if they're brand new, just got to Nashville, you got something to learn, you know? Yeah, you don't know until until you try it. One hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's and that's got to be that's got to be cool. So, so for twenty twenty, you're gonna be on the road a lot. You're doing a lot of doing a lot of road stuff. Is that kind of the plan? <laughs> that's or? what it looks like, man. Um, Hell so, yeah. uh, CAA, I'm I'm with Kylan over at CAA. Okay, and she's already throwing me a bunch of dates uh, coming up. Second week of January, we're already starting, and so hopefully we're gonna be. Damn, uh, that's early. Yeah, busting it. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, well, that was the hope, man. Just fucking grind. Just get after it. And just yeah, man. Go and do it. Like you got now, especially as you put the project out, like that's the goal, right? To get the music out there and then to go play the music for consumers in different markets. Go see 100%. the Northeast. Go out West. Go expand outside the usual Southeast where, you, where you've been doing this, you know? And well, that's and the model. I mean, you see it. I mean, you're yeah. on the road with the boys. Like that's where I learned. That's, I've learned everything I know as far as live music is concerned from Gary and Charlie. That's oh, it. Yeah. Because that's where I learned. I've I've had no other experience as an artist, as a performing, like as as a singer, than in that professional realm. Like that, my only relationship with singing is professionally, and it's only been like through this group of people. Yeah. So, and I think that's great because there are definitely bad habits to learn, but I learned good habits because these guys obviously are some of the most successful independent touring country acts. Yeah. Like one of the most successful, right? So it's like for me to be able to sit there and go, okay, so this is how you do it when you have limited resources and you're, you know, you've only got this, like whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever you have, you have options to further what you're doing. There's no point where you can go, well, I can't do this until this happens. Yeah. There's one thing I learned from Gary and Charlie. It was like, well, I mean, I mean, if you don't want to do it, then you won't do it. But if you want to do it, you'll get it done. You know you'll what I mean? figure out a way and you'll, you'll get out there and you'll rock in front of people and you'll, you'll win fans over and you'll do what you got to do. hundred percent. Somebody will, you know, if you, if you annoy somebody enough, they'll let you play a, a show at their venue. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> at least one, you know, what, what was, um, going back to the, those early days, what was like a crazy venue that you walked into, whether it was doing the merch thing or whether it was opening form and you were like, this is going to be rowdy. This is going to be fun. It's like we were just in Charlotte, North Carolina over the weekend, and Charlotte was wild. I Dude, to to I would say that um, one time. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, it's just, it was funny. It was just funny. It wasn't like there weren't, it wasn't like everybody got crazy. It was funny because we were in Buffalo, New York, and this guy <laughs> was the biggest fan ever. He knew every lyric. He was singing and he was screaming it. Like you could almost hear him over the monitors. Like he was so stoked. And it sucked because I had to kick him out because he grabbed Gary's microphone, oh. grabbed the stand. Like it was a tall, it was a tall stage, right? And so it was like chest high to him. And he was just standing there. There was like no barrier. The barrier was like literally right next to the stage, yeah. right? And he just reaches up when Gary's doing a guitar solo. <laughs> And he grabs it, dude, and starts singing into it. Oh, no. Oh, boy. And we had to kick him out. And he didn't understand why. He was like, dude, I love this. And I was like, I'm so sorry, dude, but that was the craziest thing I think I've ever seen, bro. Yeah, there's, uh, there's times, like, we have the crowd mics now. Yeah. And so when I was first with him, like, I'd wear ears out of front of house yeah. just so, like, if something went wrong. Now Lee wears the ears, and they're like, we want you on ears. But honestly, the reason I don't do it is because I hear all the people in the crowd mics, and they'll say stuff, and it just it's distracting to me. But there's been, like, some things I've heard that, like, I don't know if anybody should hear that. Nobody should hear that. That shouldn't have left your some, mouth. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah that, that, that front row section gets right. gets crazy at, at any show, but definitely there, there's dialogue. Especially whenever they're introducing Zolti, baby. When they're introducing, oh, yeah, they wrote Zolti now, and they go swipe right on Tinder, ladies, and all Holy the girls go smokes. nuts, and he's getting Twitter DMs and just. Oh, Dude, funny. I will say that that has been one of the consi- most consistent things, the fact that. How how they introduce Zoltan Toback? Yeah, it's been the, the same funniest. since I've been there. Oh, really? No, it's the funny. Oh, yeah, dude. yeah. I have seen so many Musket and Bloodline shows, so many, so, so many, and like 
every time, I mean, it hasn't always been, hey, ladies, he's single, but Zoltan has always gotten some sort of different kind of introduction. Yeah. And it's all like Charlie used to like just give him like a different name. Like just some different name. Now we give Weston a different age every time. Like was, Bubba, like Bubba something from like, <laughs> he, and he would always say like from the town that they were in right now. So it's like from Starkville, Mississippi, <laughs> and everybody'd be like, ah! <laughs> we gotta get him to go back to that. Oh my gosh, dude, it was the funniest thing. Like, and Zoltan would just be like sitting there, like just shrug his shoulders. You know him, and he's just doing his solo. Yeah, and they're like from Starkville, Mississippi. Now they do Weston. Just turned 16, our yeah, Weston, our 14-year-old guitar. <laughs> we had to go and ask his parents if he could come out. They trusted us to take dude, him out with so us for funny, the weekend. Yeah, that is great. so And you funny. just see Weston up there. And, and the best part, there was one time where they introduced him. And he they introduced, they were saying the 14-year-old guitar player or whatever. And he's 20. He just had a, he took a sip. He, he just, he just <laughs> casually sips tall boy of Miller Lite on stage. 14 years old. <laughs> and he's up there wearing a Bass Pro trucker hat. Just Somebody give him a shot. He's 14 years old. Just turn There are times also where I'm out in front of the house and like the like house guy that's running lights will be like, Really? And you're like, nah, dude. He's <laughs> wait for real. He's weird. Yeah, like, dude. Nah, but what's bro. so funny is how good Weston is on the guitar. Dude, he's yeah, sick. Great. Like he's a freak. Yeah, he's he's absolutely insane. He's a little fucking prodigy, and he's just he's and he's funny too. Also, he's not a vegan anymore. He's eating chicken now, which is incredible. Yeah, I, I don't know too. if that's good or bad. He had steak Was it a, oh, and he had steak the other night. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're jumping off the train, have, have jump you heard, off. Have you, know you heard, have you heard the story of when they were in Montgomery? It was right before I jumped in camp, before I started working with them. But there was a show. It was at July Fourth weekend. We were at Montgomery. I forget the venue name, huh. but like, it was a knockoff Top Golf. That is what it that's was. That's very funny. Yeah, and we got sponsored by like a big like Roadhouse chain, like knockoff like. Was it like sketchy knockoff? Yeah, like you're on the second floor and it's like no, 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 no. Like it, there, it was outdoors, all of it. Sweet Fourth of July weekend in Montgomery, Alabama. So it was just like a it driving just, range. Yeah, just like just, you're going out. It was a glorified driving range, but like we're sitting in the green room, which is like an old trailer that they've converted. With, literally, with, with you said pictures of just tits everywhere. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just was, tits everywhere. Like literally, dude. But uh, it's literally, he literally called it the titty room. And there's just girls would press their chest up to the wall and outline their boobs and sign it like that. that. So this is a classy joint, is what you're oh, yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks and the like the green room looks like you're walking into a southern grandma's house that hasn't changed since the 1960s. Like shaggy carpet, like shag oh, carpet. There's the like covers on the couches. You know, I'm. Oh, I'm. I'm yeah, tracking you're, with you're you, there. I'm with you. But anyway, so the guy that is it came, wood paneled walls? Yep. Oh baby, I got it, dude. I yeah, got it figured out. The, uh, the, the vinyl, wide. the uh, vinyl countertops. You know. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, you're right. Say there. no more. I got it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the guy that's catering us, he works for like a national chain, like uh-huh. a roadhouse place, and he like walks in and he goes, "So I hear you got one of them vegans. I got some salmon for him." No. Yeah. Luckily, no. Weston was not on the road with us that weekend. He had to sub out that weekend. Dude, that's hilarious. Yeah, dude. That's we, like from my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, we all just kind of like looked at each other. Like, I'm pretty sure it was me and Charlie, like, just kind of looked at each other dude, and that's just like so stared funny, and just like, bro. okay. Holy smokes, that's so funny. 
<laughs> if you don't know, you don't know. The funny yeah. thing is the fact that it's honest. Yeah. yeah. It would be a bad joke if he didn't know. Yeah. If, if, if he did know. But and he's it, like a great guy. Like The fact that he didn't know, he's honestly yeah, like, yeah, yeah. man, I'm really trying to be yeah, considerate. Yeah, yeah. yeah he really was. Vegan. I got some salmon for the vegan. Dude, I went out of my way. I got Charlie salmon. Ate it. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I would have eaten it. Yeah. For sure. I mean, but then was, again, I'm not a vegan. So. Yeah, it's great catering. We got steak and chicken and Sweet, everything. Dude, great. It's great. When there's catering at shows, that that is like the best feeling, bro. When I don't have to pay for something, oh, I'm hey, just man. I'm literally yeah. just sitting there, just thankful. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what it is, even if it's like a pack of crackers. I'm like, thank you so much. Yeah. Like sometimes these bar gigs, like from my end, can be some nightmares right. that you walk into every now and then. Yeah, but like walking up to the bar and being like, hey, I want this, and they're just like, here's food. Right, that's, that's great. Hey, let me get a grilled chicken sandwich. Exactly. You want fries or tater tots? I'm like, oh, Both. we made it. We made it. Load it up. <laughs> Put it on the sandwich. I don't even care, man. That's yeah. yeah no, was last night I ordered uh, Burger Republic for dinner, and they're uh, I've never even heard of that. Place. Oh, dude, Is that place. Great? First off, you got to go there. Either. You got to go there to eat it to really enjoy it. But they have uh, what is it? Shoot, garlic aioli, tater tots, and Jeez. they send. A little thing of cheese fondue, for real, for real. So we're we're onto something. Is what Tater you're tots with fondue. It's, it's nice. It's dude. a game I'm into changer. That. I'm into that. Yeah, dude. Benton's <clears throat> bacon. They use Benton's bacon only. What's that? It's like a really thick cut of like Tennessee bacon. Like, yeah, that's great. You can make. You can you can go wrong. You can cook thick bacon wrong. Thick yeah. cut bacon. Like oh, actually absolutely. thick cut bacon. Yeah. You can mess it up for sure. And it, they do it like. Where it's kind of still a little bit chewy, but it's like mm. it's you got to low and yeah. slow it. If yeah, you try yeah, yeah. and like sear a thick cut piece of bacon, you're gonna you're gonna yeah, you're burn done. it. You might as well just go back to bed. I mean, honestly, yeah. just call it a night. Yeah. Yeah. No. The, what's your late night go to for for food? Like if you're if you're like and if you're doing like the diet thing, what, what would be like a cheat day meal for you? A cheat day, like a cheat. Day. What's something that you just love? Like you're like a like a food dude. I eat you're tacos like, this. like they won't exist tomorrow. I okay. eat tacos, dude. I ate seven tacos before I walked up in here, dude. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I eat tacos all the time. I he can't show up in his taco. Yeah, no, you showed real. up in your in your and you showed up. That's a taco. Oh, it's a tundra. Right? Oh, it's a tundra. Oh. It's the big. It's the it's the taco's bigger brother. Yeah, it's like the burrito. The burrito. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, it's the burrito. <laughs> no, they. Uh, yeah, no, I eat tacos a lot. The the authentic ones, you know, like the little the double. They do the double corn tortillas. <laughs> See, I was do. so used to like, so like coming from South Alabama, we don't have like the real right. Mexican stuff. So like, I'm used to like Taco Bell is my version of a taco. Right. Or, Flour tortilla. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I always onion. forget like going somewhere with Charlie or Zoltan that we're going to an authentic place. And I see, I don't like like onions and cilantro and all that kind of stuff on my stuff. I'm very plain eater. And I always forget that they don't put cheese. So I just end up ordering a taco and it comes out like chicken or like El Pastor Right, and I'm like, where's the cheese? And I'm like, right. frick, they don't do that here. Right, right. Well, see, I've been like changed completely. Like, I I don't want to eat the other kind now. Like, I've I'm so used to it. You a big like Taco Mamacita guy, or like where's the spot I mean, you go? Sure, to? but no. I mean, no, like I no. go to Tym Tacos y Mariscos. Yeah, dude. I'm this talking. I, level I roll up in that, that joint and I get tacos on top of tacos, dude. I get so many tacos, bro. I, I would hey, get whenever we go home. Today I'll have to show you one of the spots that Zoltan took me. We'll go get some Mexican. I mean, yeah. you got El Cubalete, you got Five that's, that's where Zoltan took me. There's one on Pierre Nolansville near my house. Dude, it's great. Yeah, it's, great. it's all great, dude. Yeah. It's like you can get some really good authentic whatever meals. Yeah, we had in this good area. Mexican yesterday. Yeah, we had pretty good Mexican. Yeah. See, that's what all I'm talking things. about. But that's what I'll do, and that's not even that bad for you. Yeah, I no. mean, because it's all like, I mean, the only thing that's processed is what the corn tortilla, and it's like, 
Not even though. Yeah. And that's just a coin tortilla. And that's such a small part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No. So like, yeah, that's my thing. That's my cheat. Or I'll go, if, if steak is on sale, I'll I'll make a steak and I make a mean steak. So. Yeah. Yeah. You grill it, you grill it, pan fry it. What do you do? (laughs) Yeah, I grill it. Okay. I'll do off heat. So I'll sear it. Um, I'll do coals on one side. So I just have a regular Weber Yeah. and I'll do all the coals, like heavy coals on one side of it. And I season my stuff heavy with, it's got to have some sort of black pepper. It's got to have salt on it. Uh, because I need it to crisp a little bit. And it is, I get it as hot to where it renders the fat. I don't care if it's medium, medium rare. I mean, because if you cook it right, it's all going to be tender. So you sear it to where it's just starting to render the fat. And I love a ribeye. And then I go off heat. And recently I've been taking a stick of, uh, of uh, hickory wood mm. and throwing it in there, covering it to where the oh, vent yeah. holes go over because it's off heat now, right? Yeah. Go, or the vent hole is sticking up over the steak. And so it's pulling that smoke straight through it. And it has the smokiest flavor. It's so good. Jeez, chef Jordan Fletcher. I mean, I'll make Killing a steak. It. I don't yeah. know if I'm hey. a chef, but no, I'll but make a steak. No, but a steak, sometimes that's all you need. I'm down. Oh, it is all you need. Yeah. yeah. I can, yeah, I'll freak you out with a steak. And are my you, mashed potatoes. Uh, are you a big seafood guy coming from Florida? Absolutely. Have you ever had swordfish? That's my favorite, like, cut. Honestly, man, I don't think I have. Oh, no, I have had swordfish. I have. I had it one time. Yeah. But uh, I can't really remember what it tasted like. I did not eat it, that it, often. It's not like stupid fishy but right. like it's like really good and it's a really like because swordfish are like so fast and they're constantly moving mm-hmm. it's a very low fat sure and it's a very lean meat and yeah. it's probably my favorite cut of meat yeah no i'm a big fan I, I'm, I'm a big fan of seafood in general yeah it doesn't really matter what it is i'll eat it growing up in florida have you ever shot an alligator i always ask <clears> this when we have the florida guys no okay. i haven't i i have not and um man i never hunted I just always fish. Because when we had Chad Bishop yeah. on, that was well, his Chad big Bishop thing. is a he's a con- he's a country. Yeah, he yeah. Chad Bishop is an animal's worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he's got a tag for it, he will end up bringing that animal home. Yeah, he's yeah. Animals Chad Bishop see Chad, and they're like shit. Yeah, right. They're like, oh, I gotta go home now. No, yeah, for real. I just never hunted. I okay. never grew up hunting. I grew up fishing and surfing and do that whole thing. But um, surfing. Oh yeah, they have that in Florida. Yeah. Did you have? See, I come from the Gulf side, so like we were, we really don't yeah. They have they, that. they you seldom get waves in the Gulf yeah. side, but you you do sometimes if you got a usually a, it's a hurricane, but yeah, yeah, a well placed storm in the middle. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't hurt anybody, yeah. but good waves. Yeah. So so where in Florida exactly are you from? Jacksonville. Northeast. Oh, so you're right near Ryan. Okay, so you Ryan grew up and with I guys. grew up one mile away from each other. Oh no shit! Our neighborhoods were literally right across the street from each other. Wow! Yeah. Holy shit! We grew up one mile away from each other. And same with Chris. Damn. And now you all are awesome. here and all doing, all putting me. We're all doing out. the thing, man. Yeah, like seriously, like what are the odds that you all end up in fucking Nashville together? <laughs> the, the odds are very slim. I think it was a, a divine plan because it's quite the quite the story. If you look at it backwards, you would have never thought it would have happened, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's insane. Like that's seriously. Absolutely like, so insane. Cool. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And and there's something to be said now. There's all the, There is a lot of talent coming out of Florida. Like there's a lot of you guys Come that on. are coming up here and doing it. Everybody talks about Georgia and Texas and all these other states, but mm-hmm. Florida, there's because you guys grow up with so many different musical influences too. Like you were talking about yeah. playing a guitar, playing a slightly stupid song. There's that chill vibe yeah. with, with Sublime and a lot of those bands, and just just that chill oceany surfer kind of vibe. Yeah. But then there's the country in there. Then you got the southern rock influence. Then you do have hip hop and rap in certain parts. And so for you, what'd you grow up listening to? What were you jamming to? Dude, I, I'll say that. Um Jacksonville is very, very unique because you do like growing up, a lot of my buddies were in hardcore, like a a lot, they did hardcore, they did like hardcore punk or whatever. 
Um, but you didn't have to go far to find any genre of music because I spent a lot of time like at, at the coast or whatever. I, I, I listened to a lot of reggae. I listened to a lot of uh, like beach rock, stuff like that. Um, but also just living where I lived, which was a little closer. So I grew up about 30 minutes from the coast, but okay. I was like right near. So I, I grew up across the, the, the river, St. John's River from like where the Van Zants grew up. So Skinner and all that. And so that was kind of the thing if we were listening to it. We didn't dive too much into commercial country growing up. We listened to more Southern rock. We listened to that kind of thing. Like Skinner's, the Molly Yeah, Hatchets, yeah, dude. I mean, it was just specials. like, like country, we listened to it because it was on in, in the car when we were riding around, you know, or like somebody's, you know, whatever. It was playing. But it, was, it wasn't necessarily the main interest until like I really started getting into writing. I remember I, I listened to Josh Thompson that Way Out Here album. And I found out that he was like, oh, and they were like, oh, and he wrote this song for so-and-so. I was like, what do you mean he wrote it for so-and-so? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know that people didn't write, you know, I was listening to Jack Johnson. I was listening to all this stuff, you know, where it's like all just songwriters that just that play their stuff, you know? Yeah. But I didn't know that there was a whole other career for people that are like, hey, we write stuff for other people. And when I heard that, I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. That's the coolest thing ever. And so I just started trying to write songs. And it kind of put me in that position, and I just fell in love with the with with that country, with the country sound, and and what that means because there's so much so much room for it. I, I do love traditional country, and I've been really leaning more towards that recently. But um, I, I definitely have that beach uh, influence that I, I don't ever want to get rid of. You know. Yeah, and that's what I think is so cool about country right now. And people talk about pop country and bro country and red dirt and. The guys, Muscan, they've coined the term red clay country because they're sure. from Alabama and they're, <laughs> they're accepted in Texas, which not a lot of Nashville acts are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's so many different styles right now that like grow up. Because I think everybody grew up on different different influences. Sure, yeah. Like there was a point in time where the people that were putting out country music were just growing up listening to country music. That's all that they listened to. But sure. now everybody listens to so much, so many different kinds of music that all those influences are crossing in like that beachy vibe mixed in like like a lot of your songs have that that chill kind of vibe to it sure yeah which is so freaking cool and i really enjoy that and like because it's because you like you grew up with all these different like vibes and different songs and yeah stuff. for sure so freaking cool yeah i love it i think there you're kind of seeing a dissolution of of like the the walls that separate genres right now yeah, yeah. which i think is really cool i think it's cool man yeah i think that i i just I mean, there is the, like the value and kind of being a purist to what you listen to or whatever, but that's not going to move anything forward, you know? Um, because if something sounds great, it's going to always be great. Like, um, like I, I love gospel, like old school hymns and don't change that. Like, I want to listen to that. I want to listen to Swing low, sweet chariot. I want to listen to that if I want to listen to that. You know yeah. what I mean? And if I want to listen to something else, let me listen to something else. Don't be like, hey, you are now in this, so do that. And it's like, well, no. I want to create what I want to listen to. And that's why I think being a consumer is just as important as being a songwriter. Because if you're just writing songs, you're just shooting at some arbitrary target that somebody says, hey, this person needs this kind of song. I'm not saying it doesn't work. Because the yeah. people in this town are great, so they can pull off anything. But for me, I'm not that good, so I kind of have to write what I want to hear to have that incentive to tr to create that. You know what I mean? And that's the way I've seen it. So it's like, as a consumer, it's like, it's kind of dangerous for somebody to say, you are this. And I've written like super traditional country songs, and it's a country song for sure. But it's like to sit down and say, now this is 
you know, that's it now. It's like, no, that's all you, yeah, no, you, you, when you put a box around things, that can really fuck up the creativity side of things, you know? And consumers don't want that, man. Like if you look at, like, if you go on Spotify, you can literally at the flick, like just the slide of a finger, go to anywhere, like any genre. And feel any Literally emotion, any genre, any yeah. language, all kinds of different stuff. Like just the the way that music is so accessible now. And I know for you guys as writers, it was all the stuff that happened with Spotify and royalties and all that. Sure. And that's all that's a whole issue to look into. But music is so accessible now, and right. you don't just have to be on the radio anymore. Like anybody, yeah. like playlists are so huge. And like say what the guys that like Ray's Rowdy are doing with putting out a playlist. What Whiskey Jam does with putting out a playlist, like. Yeah. There's so many ways for new artists to be discovered, which is so cool, you know? Yeah, man, I think that's important, dude. I mean, I don't know. I think one of the, like, there it definitely has changed. Like, the way money is made and the way it's kind of distributed is kind of weird right now because yeah. there is such a big change. But I, I I think change is great, you know what I mean? I think, like, when you when you kind of, like, kind of, shake the the foundation of the way things have been done for 30 years, it's kind of cool to get to see because it allows people to kind of, get ahead. It's kind of like the wild west, you know, like nobody knows what's going on. You know what I mean? And it's like, once you kind of see it, like now you got to really watch how people are doing stuff and how they're running their careers. And it's like, someone tries something new and it pops off. It's like, now everybody's going to try and run in that direction. It's just cool to me, man. Like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of like having that freedom to be like, okay, yeah. So stuff is really changing right now. So how do we? Yeah. And right. And I think right now there's a, there's a group of you guys and girls here in town that are really shaking the, really stirring the pot for, yeah, I hope so. For me, no, like seriously. And, and it's funny, like my, my first, my first couple of weeks in town, I remember seeing Ryan Nelson play a whiskey jam. I remember seeing Laney Wilson play a whiskey jam. I remember yeah. seeing you play a whiskey jam. Yeah, yeah. I remember starting to meet all these different people and there's, <laughs> there's just this crew, this, this core crew in, in Midtown right now that people are starting to catch on to and like that are, that are mixing things up. Like you have somebody like Hannah Dasher who's putting out the, the styles of music that she's really putting out are like different. Yeah, and, yeah. and then you and Ryan and Nelson dropping a freaking song all the time on those Fridays and stuff where he was just, it was, the music was just kind of just coming out and stuff. And it's super cool to be, to be around all that. Cause yeah, the, we have a lot of freedom now. Yeah. The it's, free, it's cool. Yeah. The freedom right now for, for writers and stuff, I think is at an all time high for sure. And I think it's just going to keep going that direction, hopefully for you guys, where it's, you guys have that creativity and can really express it, you know? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I know that you don't get into this industry to make money. Yeah. Because if you do that, you should just go get an account. That's how it was for me with radio too. I was, when I was doing the radio DJ (laughs) thing, I was making shit money with the state of New Jersey, taking half of it in taxes and it sucked, you know, and you do it because you love it. It's a passion business. Yeah. I have multiple jobs. Yeah. And I I feel that too. Yeah. And that's not something that, yeah, dude, I think it's like, there's no value in the facade of being like, Hey, I'm a rock star. Yeah. It's like, no, you're not. I mean, and if you are, why just chill? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, like we're all working. Everybody's working. If you're at the top, Luke Combs is working his ass off. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody's working. That's how you get there. And that's how you stay there. So it's it's just everybody's in the same mindset. It's like everybody's gotta work. And it don't matter how you got there, if you're if you're there, you you deserve to be there. Because everybody's got opinions about different artists of oh, he busted it or he did this or he did that or she did this. But it's like, dude, there isn't a single person that's sitting at the top of a radio chart that didn't have to work harder than everyone around him. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it gives you that respect to where it's like, yeah, man, like I feel you. Cause this is all hard for everyone involved. Artists, people that aren't in, like specifically performing or anything, man. It's like, it gives you that perspective once you get into this thing to have just a lot more 
just appreciation for everyone around you because everybody's doing the same thing, man. Yeah, no, there's so many people that are that are trying to do this, like to be able to to get up to the top and stuff. And everybody does grind. Like, I mean, everybody's there's so many people that have worked on worked on Broadway that are now doing having going out playing music. There's so many people that that do Uber, do Lyft, do all kind. There's so many different side hustles in this town where everybody's got to really do what you got to do to stay afloat, to pay the bills, you know, to be able to support doing what you yeah, want. Yeah, man, which is cool, man. So I think that it's good that it's changing because it allows us to do what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we've got those people that have just shown that like, hey, work works. Like, like I just said, Luke Combs, work works. Musk and I bloodline, work works. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you work, it'll work. Yeah. You know, that's just the way this thing goes. Which is cool, man. So, also, I feel like the more you work, the more you refine your craft. Absolutely. And the more you do that, the more the more you're intentionally doing something and the less you're just throwing a shot in the dark. Right. And hoping that something 100%. sticks. You know? Yeah, man. I, I think that I, I always felt this way. Like if, if I moved to town and everything I wanted to happen happened right then, like you wouldn't have been able to tell me anything. Yeah. Like I would have gotten an ego. I would have done whatever, this out or the other. And it's like, I think it's all healthy for you. It's like a healthy dose of that kind of constant humility of, hey, man, like everybody's working that hard. Everybody's doing this. So just like take it in stride and, and do what you feel like you're supposed to be doing. Don't shoot at somebody else's target. Shoot at your own target. And if it's, it's going to do what it's going to do, which yeah. I think is great. It's freeing to feel that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Instead of feeling like, oh, I got, that guy did this, so I'm going to go do that. It's like, nah, don't do that. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I also... You know it also makes everything sweeter at the yeah. end. Like when something does break for you, it just makes it sweeter because you remember like where you came from and what you did to get there. You know? Absolutely. And even if it doesn't, dude, I'd rather crash my own ship. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather do that. I'd rather do exactly what I know I need to be doing and it fail than me to pretend something else and, and have to sustain that because that scares me. That kind of stuff scares me. Yeah. yeah. No, mm -hmm. and also grinding on the songwriter side. You were telling us you do. You've had a lot of like double rights and like you'll some like you're like writing. You you got to be in those rooms and you got to be doing a lot of it. Like how many Absolutely. songs? How many songs do you think you wrote this year? Couldn't even tell you. If I guessed, I'd, I'd be lying. I couldn't even tell you. And but the thing is, I I know people that write more than I do. Oh, people yeah. that are way more successful than me that write way more than I do. You know like what I mean? People are like, it's just such a, such a grind. I don't think people outside of Nashville realize that like the writing side of it, you're freaking busting ass. Like you're sometimes, sometimes people can squeeze three into a day. Like, yeah. It's dude, that, that hustle is so, I respect that. And it's like, if somebody, if you're at that point in your career and that's just what you're doing, don't let somebody tell you, Oh, you, you're going to run out of juice. How can you actually do that? It's like, nah, if you want to be a professional, whatever, if you want to go be a runner, and you want to run a bunch and somebody's like, hey, that's not good for you. It's like, well, if that's where you're at and that's what you're trying to do, then don't let somebody tell you no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you feel the point, like if you've got the stamina to write three songs in a day, that's only going to make you better. You might not get three good songs. You might not even finish three songs. But if you've got that, that's where you're at as a writer at that point. Don't let anybody tell you not to. You know yeah. what I mean? Because that just comes from an insecurity. So it's like I think everybody just needs to respond to kind of where they are at creatively. Because there have been times where I've woken up and I'm like, man, I do not know how I'm going to sit down and write a song today. I have no energy. My focus is whack. You know what I mean? And then there are days that I go, man, we finished a song. Man, let's get another one. With yeah. the same group of people. Hey, let's hit another one, we, dude. We got, we got a vibe. Let's just go. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just you got to kind of follow where you're at because that's how the creative process is. It's so, it's so kind of 
I think it's it's divine. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you don't have control over it. So if it's there, you have to run with it, whatever that means, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. And then talking about your music and stuff. So do we have a, do we have a timetable on 2020? Oh, we got a timetable for sure. End <clears throat> um, of January, you're going to hear the oh, first release. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. you're really looking, you're really going to be starting off early in 2020. You're here. Absolutely. You've got, you've got shows. Are those shows announced yet for the early part of January? Or I not just yet? confirmed them. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm all, oh, you'll all be announced them? Okay. So y'all, y'all pay attention and, and follow along with all that. Like, because you're going to be, I have a feeling like 2020 is going to be a big year. We'll see, man. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. So however that ends up, that's going to be fun. No, but that's how you make, that's how you make a buzz. And like you said, all the hard work and learning a lot in this past year and the year before that. And just, dude, it's freaking cool to see, like you move the town and and you've hustled as much as anybody, like to see you going out and doing what you're doing and, and to see you out there on a stage now, people coming out to, to see your show, which is so freaking cool. Yeah, like, man, that blew me. That that blows me away. Like, yeah, what was that? Then there was that show you did with Peachtree. It was recently the first, my first headlining show. Was it? Was it in oh, Rome? Yeah. Was that in Rome? It was in Rome. It was in Rome, man. Eighty-five people showed up. Hell yeah, dude! I was stoked. That was the first headlining show. It was last year, some whenever it was, uh, the first headlining show I ever did, man. And that many people paid to see, and, and I think Rome's pretty cool because no, you know, not a, not a ton of people. That's live in the, Rome. Brew, the brew house, right? Honestly, yeah. a lot yeah. of my favorite artists come from Rome. Like we're born in Rome. Yeah, right. Like <clears throat> guys like Butch Walker, Manchester Orchestra, like all those guys. Sure. Like more rock stuff, but like still, like right. Rome's Rome's a special place. Yeah, we. I, I think it was awesome, man, and it was just something because it was like I'd never seen that. I had no idea how many people were going to show up. Like that many people paid to come see me. So I was like, dude, that's dope. You know. It's not anywhere near where I grew up. It was just like, hey, hard nose. Hey, what's it gonna? What does it look like for me to go start touring without any new music out right now? So I'm just eager to see what some new music will do to that number. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. You the, I mean? the new, the new music, I'm sure, is gonna gonna help with that. And how how many um how many songs are you looking to be releasing this year? Can you give us that number? Six. Six. Okay. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Six. And those are all songs you've had. A, you've had obviously your hand in as a, as a writer and stuff. You go yeah. to the studio, and that's and that's what Jonathan's helping out with. Yeah, man. He's he's that's making. It. I wrote a couple with him, um, which is obviously unreal. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> and and then a lot. Of, I just wrote with other great writers, man. I just. Yeah, man. I love the the team that's that's surrounding me right now, dude. They're all so good. And I'm, I'm learning from all of them. So, yeah, the new music's going to be something I'm super excited about, which is a big feat in itself. You yeah. know what I mean? To be that excited about stuff that, you know, I've been listening to for over a year. That's freaking awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you for coming out here and, and hanging out with us. Yeah, this has been man. a freaking pleasure. Well, you got something, Tyler? Yeah. So it's one of my favorite segments. Oh, no. Are, you, are we doing? Are you, We're doing Twitter. Are you on Twitter? Yes, he is. Do you, do you tweet a lot? Yes, he does. When was the last time I tweeted? So uh, we'll, we'll answer that question later. There's some good ones in here that I, I, found. I haven't tweeted in a long time, but yeah, hit me with it. Boiled hot dog water is the worst smell on the planet. Oh, dude, don't even get me started. <laughs> I love a dirty water dog, though. Being from New York, you never had. Have you ever been up to New York and had a dirty water dog? I can't tell if you're being serious or not. Dirty water dog. What do you mean, dirty water? What do you hold on? <laughs> like, like you're like you're on the like like a hot dog stand. I love a hot dog stand. That's dude. what I'm saying. So but you smell like, boiled hot dog water. Is disgusting, dude. (laughs) It's disgusting. I gotta, I got, I feel like I gotta go get hot dogs now, but I wanna grill. No, it's fine. A hot dog is fine. But it's it's not the hot dog, it's it's the the water water itself. The water itself, bro. 
See, like the dirty Think water dog, the dirty water dogs, they just throw it right in there with the water. They just keep that. Yeah, same yeah. Water. It's not the water that's the issue. It's, not, it's, it's the it's, after whenever you're oh, done. Oh, when you're done, when the pack up. Yeah, when yeah, bro. It's disgusting. <laughs> you're not going to sway me. I love hot dogs. Hot dogs are great. However you cook them, boil them. Ketchup or mustard? All of the above. I don't care. Do you put relish on there too? You get crazy? Dude, I'll go to daddy's dog. Oh, and, shit. And yeah, and wait, 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 wait. Have you ever been to Corey's dog house? Uh-uh. Bro, Is we got to go. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm in. They Dad? have the around the uh, country thing. Yeah. They have at least one dog from every state. And if you do it all, you get like your name up on the wall, t-shirt, like all that kind of stuff. And then you there's go to been the people have done that. Then you go to the hospital. There's yeah. been people <laughs> have done that in less than two weeks. That's big time. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's Daddy's like fifty. Dog. It's like fifty-five dogs. Daddy's dogs. What's your go-to? I get the big daddy, <clears throat> which has got uh, cream cheese on it. It's got uh, sautéed onions. It's got strips of bacon. It's got a pickle. It's got some spo- some special sauce on it. And then I ask him to put sauerkraut on it. I you go with the kraut on top. Dude, I had kraut there. Just it. flavor boom. Shoot. Dude, it blows your mind. Oh, yeah. 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 Anybody that, working at Tin Roof, they, they'll, they'll, like, they'll hook you up for free. Yeah, that's yeah. what we used to get being at Whiskey Row. There's not, I mean, we had Daddy's Dogs actually behind yeah, Whiskey yeah. Row in the parking lot, and they yeah. would hook you up too. That is the best hookup to have. If oh, you know man. somebody oh, yeah. that Kidding, can give bro. you a food hookup, best hookup to have yeah, anywhere. Dude. Yeah, come on with it. All right. Another food related one. <laughs> Dip your Ritz crackers in applesauce. You're welcome. Yep. Ritz crackers and apple I don't think sauce. that needs anything more. No, I mean, I, have you ever, I'm not. Have you ever done it? it? No. Have you ever done it? No, I've never thought to. All right. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't say anything more about it. It's an incredible experience. Yeah. Just well, go do it. All right. Get a get a get a sleeve of Ritz crackers or two because you're going to eat them all, <laughs> and get some Mott's applesauce. Regular. Don't get unsweetened. Just get just be an adult. Just get regular applesauce. <laughs> And then just dip it in there. I mean, scoop it like you, like you mean it. You know what I mean? Okay. Don't just like dip it in. Like scoop. I mean, scoop it. Scoop it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's great cold applesauce, dude. Oh, bro. You want to talk about it? Like, oh, that's a treat. All right. Yeah. All right. We're going to add right. that to the list. It sounds like me and you also have this same issue in common. 15,000 unrailed email notifications. It's just getting broken good. What's your number at? What's your, what's your number at? 29,539. Hold on. I deleted it in July. Mine's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just since July? Yeah. Dude, that is a How weird flex, number? though. Let's many, be honest. That's 29,539. I delete mine every three I'm months. Just oh. under, uh, every six months. I'm just under 7,000. I don't Holy know the last smokes. time I deleted it. I'm at 19,000. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He goes, I deleted it in July. <laughs> I go every six months and delete everything. To be honest, are those all just like... A lot of it's freaking Expedia. You know what I mean? Like Not Expedia. Twenty percent off. A lot of it's Sweetwater and Guitar Center. Honestly, it's fair, dude. Those Sweetwater guys. Yeah. Guitar yeah. Center, Postmates. There's Uber also Eats. three emails in there. What does that mean? Like, like there's three different accounts in there. Wow. Yeah, that's commitment, dude. And then, then I have like my actual Gmail like app that has another four accounts in it. So I've got some emails, bro. What are you oh, doing? So you're like moving weight or something? Like, nah, why you got dude. so many? <laughs> you, you got a lot, man. I mean, I, I mean, I have I the one, one that I send all my junk mail to. I have one that's like all Fair. my school stuff. I have one that's like all my like official stuff, and then I have two different production emails. I try and stay on the email. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now that I've got like people that like I actually need to yeah now like respond to. Yeah. I, I'm I'm on it, so I'm a little better with it. You know, if I get a show offer, I definitely got to respond to that. You know? Yeah. See, I have the one that's nothing but like muscadine stuff. Respect. 
because I don't want to miss any of that. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, my, mine's all just special <laughs> offers. Like, I just got one that's like a special offer for like Postmates if you use a code or some shit. Hey, some of that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, no, the Domino's ones are very helpful. Dude, y'all eat pokey? Like the poke? poke yeah, I, I do. What? What's some? What's, what's poke? It's like rice and you So it's like a burrito like bowl, fish. except it's like sushi. It's like yeah. a sushi bowl. Oh, I'd yeah. be down. It's so good, dude. So and it's actually a pretty good amount of food. Yeah, it's a good amount of food. Really healthy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Great. I, so I thought I was being a good boy and eating healthy sushi. Charlie, Charlie, and uh, Charlie, up, take, Charlie took me and Lee. Let's stop to, this train here. Your healthy sushi was fried. I know. Ass. I'm going to tell him. So Charlie took us to <laughs> rock, and, tell him. Hey, yeah. rock, rock and roll sushi. God. Okay. Which I don't know if you ever had that. Uh-uh. They're based out of Mobile. We had it in Hattiesburg, and that's. All of you, everything's like the menus, like like old like vinyl covers and shit. It's like a cool vibe in there, but I thought that oh, I'm eating sushi. This is gonna be healthy. Comes out and it's like deep fried sushi, of, which I had fried. to guess like an Alabama based sushi sure. like chain. It was fucking delicious, 100%. and I couldn't use the chopsticks. I still don't know how to use chopsticks. I don't know if I'll ever know how to use. What's your favorite uh, chopsticks? What's your favorite sushi spot? I don't know. I don't. What's your I, favorite pro- role? Here's my thing, dude. My problem with sushi is it's not enough food. I yeah. can't. I, I can't invest in that. Yeah. You can't ask me to spend nine bucks. See, my my thing that I always do is I always get the uh, hot chicken roll at the diner before uh-huh. my meal. Sure. And like share it with somebody. See, I'm not. I'm not a sharer either. Yeah. Well, it's your. You order it. It's you're like gonna an eat it. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, if you want to say, I mean, usually it's like my girlfriend. So. You yeah. Know. Sure. I mean, my wife and I will go out, but I'm like, hey, for real though, like, I might just eat all this. So yeah. Just, you might want to get one yourself. Uh, one of the best experiences that I had, we were in, God, it was somewhere in the Midwest, uh-huh. and we ate this like really nice Mexican restaurant, and I ordered something that was on the appetizer menu. So I'm like, all right, this is gonna be a lot of food. And it comes out and it's literally like four things that are like an inch in diameter and like that tall with like one little piece of meat on it. So it's like freaking sixteen dollars. On principle, I can't do that. Yeah, that's my problem with sushi. You can't get full off of it. Yeah. So I just can't. I feel like you can't get food off a of Chinese, uh, full off a of Chinese food at you all. You can get full, but then you get hungry again. But then you really burp and you're hungry again. Yeah. Well, the thing with that is just the way rice condenses in yeah. your stomach. If you yeah. if it's if it's a rice based meal, that is. Well, even if you're going to buffet and getting like, you know. Just nothing but meat. You burp once and you, you're hungry again. Oh, well, I, I don't share that problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I don't like Chinese food. When somebody asks me, hey, Tyler, what do you like? I'm like, listen, just anything from the continent of Asia, except for rice, just don't See, don't I'm a huge fan of Asian food. Yeah, My I'm problem not. is just the, the serving size yeah. of sushi. Lee introduced me to Pan Thai, which was pretty dope. Fire. And it was really, really good. Fire. Like, yeah, it's, it was, it's excellent. Pad so, yeah. Thai, the, the dish? Some place that has it, I don't know. I, so I, like, it's called Pad Thai. You mean that's what you're saying? Is that no? It's not the name of the rest. I don't know if that's the name. No, of the No, but the dish is Pad Thai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's like great. chicken Rice something. Noodles, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. fucking delicious. But yeah, no, they're making me hungry. We're definitely gonna have to get something after oh, this. Yeah. yeah, I'm freaking. Yeah, out. That was the plan. What is it? <laughs> Talk about food so we can go get food so, later. So where, where can people find you on the socials and all that stuff? Well, let me make sure I get this right. Well, I At know that Jordan Fletcher TV for Instagram. For tw- no, for Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, Instagram oh, is on, Jordan Fletcher Music. Yeah. Are you on TikTok? I am, dude. Charlie just yeah. told me to get on it. He goes, Yeah, yeah bro, don't be. It's great. You don't need be to a loser. Me. Get get TikTok. I'll I'll follow you. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. I put one on and it got a bunch of views, and then I put another one and it got like none. So Same. I don't know what the whole the the algorithm is definitely something different. It's all about when you post it too, like literally, like it is about the time of day you post it. Oh, I didn't know that. Even more than Instagram, 
I see. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I'm not yeah. even. I'm not even on this shit because I know I'll get hooked on it just scrolling down the feed. And there's some weird oh, shit that pops up on there. Yeah, I uh, like you see some shit. And you're like, how does this pop up on my feed? Like, see, how- I haven't gotten to the point to where I've like when I open up my phone. I haven't gotten to like the scrolling TikTok. Like I don't do that. Like there yeah. are a few apps that I'm like, even if I'm on autopilot, I'll like click open like my mail or like a text or Instagram, but I haven't done that with, so I haven't gotten the opportunity to even really get like Just to don't. know the there's, platforms. There's, there's, there's some weird shit on there. Okay. Well, I'll take like, there's like like tags that you got to use, but like other than that, like everything else is just random. Okay. So, Maybe I'll dive into so it. I'll do some research. So where can people find you on TikTok? Uh, Jordan Fletcher MUS. Okay. No. Yeah. Jordan Fletcher MUS. Okay, sweet. And then Instagram and Facebook, you're on there too, right? Jordan Fletcher Music. Yeah, you got me. So. Nice. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. So we always wrap this thing up with um, the, the, the guest playing a song. What song you want to play for us today? I'm going to play me on. You play oh, me yeah. on. So yeah. what's the full story behind that? So we've we heard that you played that at um at our writers round, which thank you for coming uh, out and doing that by the way. Anytime. That was that. a freaking awesome time. The fact yeah, that, that was we so were much fun. that we were able to get that we were able to have Gary and Charlie up there with you and Joe, where you guys were doing revivals and things like that years ago to like where it is now. Right, man. Where now you're all out on the road and coming back and all you guys being on stage together. That the, was cool. The man. comedy humor of you and Gary and Charlie being next to each other, by the way, is just great. I think one of my favorite things is whenever you walk into a room with Charlie. And y'all just stare at each other for <laughs> uncomfortable amount the of time. Awkward, the awkward movie style stare is phenomenal. It's like straight out of the office. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, dude, it it's funny. Yeah, yeah, you make really good friends getting to do that, or not good friends. But I was blessed to make good friends. Yeah, that kind of closeness is either going to push you away from somebody or bring you. Yeah. So yeah, I I just happened to get some really good friends out of that whole situation. That's so awesome. I was that was I'd actually never played around with Gary and Charlie. Really, and for good reason, dude, because it's hard. It's hard to follow those guys. That was tough, dude. Those guys are great. <laughs> like, I was up there on stage and I was like, oh man, I've always like listened to him play. And I was like, oh, I got to sing now. <laughs> great. You know what I mean? But I felt like it was, I, we, we were kind of. No, it was awesome. And that room was packed out, which that's credit to having, having some great writers there like yourself, like Gary and Charlie, like Job, like everybody that played that night. It was just badass. To, yeah, and then following Job too. That dude freaking. God, he's up there dude. singing Georgia and he's oh just freaking gosh. belting it out. And it's so like, I'm where does he here. get those notes from? Sitting here, I'm like, well, at least my guitar is kind of nice, so hope you like that. <laughs> so the story behind me on, so you wrote that with Reed Isbell. Okay, so what... that was the first write we ever had, and we really? sat down ever, ever. And it was actually his first write at Fifty Egg, which is uh, Singleton's and, yeah. and Luke oh, and yeah. Tally's publishing company, yep. right? And so that was his first write at Fifty Egg, uh, and he came over to see Gail, and we we wrote and. Um, we were just kind of, we wrote in, that was one of those songs where you just like ended up writing into it. Yeah. You know, um, we didn't have an idea or anything. We we're just kind of jamming out and him and I kind of have a little like that R&B kind of idea. Like that's where we kind of come from, I feel like naturally. And um, so we write, wrote that song. It's a sexy song. Yeah. But that was yeah. a funny thing. Like we were in there. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I wrote this song with the dude. So take that as you will. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. I guess yeah. it'd be better than writing with some chick, you know? But yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I love the song. It's it's something that I think once we once we wrote it, it was like, a, I, feel, I felt like it really nailed a lot of my brand, you know? Because up until that point, one of the biggest parts is just figuring out who you are and being able to, you know, keep doing that. 
you know. Yeah, and it's something so different and and in its own kind of style, which which is great because so much of this, there's so much that comes out of Nashville that does sound the same, and that's a whole other discussion for another time. With sure, yeah. The, but you're like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's it's just a dope song. It's a dope product where it's just a cool vibe, and and you sing the shit out of it, which Dude, is really so cool much, too. Man. I, I so appreciate that. We're so excited. Much. We're excited to hear it here in a minute. Um, so while while Jordan goes and grabs that guitar, thank you, dude, for for hanging out and and all that stuff. Um, Tyler, second episode of 2020, bro. Hell yeah, freaking doing it. Oh yeah. And we have got another writers round at Live Oak that's going to be going down tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Talking in the future. I love it. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure you follow along with Jordan. Find him on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Google Play, all that stuff. Find him on social media. Follow him on TikTok. And um, once once those shows are all announced and stuff, make sure you guys go out there. He's a great friend of ours. He puts on one hell of a show, him and the boys. So go out there and um, make sure you get out to a show if he's coming to a town near you. And make sure you follow along with us as well. In the Round podcast on Instagram, In the Round on Facebook. YouTube, hopefully Twitter at some point soon, all kinds of stuff. Uh, make sure you follow along. And now, without further ado, it's our good buddy Jordan Fletcher with me on. Y'all have been listening to the In the Round podcast. We can sit right here all night feeding porters to the jukebox. Playing all the ones you like, ain't no reason that it needs to stop. Needs to stop. I can lead you on the dance floor. Sweep you right up off your feet, that's what these arms are for Everything feeling just right, I'll stay just as long as you do But we ain't got to, cause if you won't Just say the word and we'll be gone Right up the road, it won't take long Slipping you out of this neon Till you got nothing but me on You got nothing but me on Got some candles by the bed that are waiting just to be burned We can leave right here right now, ain't no feelings gonna be hurt, be hurt I always said we need to go out When we do I always wonder why we even leave the house So if you just say the word and we'll be gone Right up the road, it won't take long Slipping you out of this neon Till you got nothing but me on Till you got nothing but me So if you won't, just say the word and we'll be gone. Right up the road, it won't take long. Slipping you out of this neon. So if you won't, just say the word and we'll be gone. Right up the road, it won't take long. Slipping you out of this neon. Till you got nothing but me on. You got nothing but me on